podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Bosh. Good evening and welcome to the Big Strong Leicester Boys podcast. I almost called it the Leicester Fiesta podcast, uh, which is a midweek bonus episode because we're so excited about the Norwich result. We felt we had to do another podcast. But um, but yeah, uh, Jake's bottled it, so he's not here. Um, I think it got a bit much for him. Uh, thanks for all your, your, your tweets abusing him. Um, it's been uh, it's been very enjoyable, but I am joined by Jordan and Rick, um, who are with me this evening. Jordan, you were at the game last night, and you uh, you you drove all the way to Norwich. How are you? How was it? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Um, yeah, drove there and back, and the rain on the way back was absolutely torrential, biblical rain. But we got back before one in the morning, which wasn't a bad result. Um, so I don't know how anyone fared getting back to Leicester. I heard it was a bit of a ropey journey back, but it doesn't matter when you've got three points in the bag. But yeah, I wasn't drinking, so it, it was all right. Um, it was probably the first time I've been to a football match sober in quite a few years. So um took a bit of getting used to. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was good, mate. I'm all right. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. Good after that. Um, a man who's very good for for a couple of reasons. Rick Flair, good evening. Would you like to explain why? Evening, gents. Um, I don't know why. Because of Tete. Oh, yeah, because of Tete, yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, no, um, you know, I'm going to keep quiet about that. Just um, actions speak louder than words. And um, we'll see, won't we, in the end of the season when he's back. And everyone's apologising to me. But no, I'm more, in, more impressed with our performance last night. It was, uh, in some ways... I uh, rate that victory more so than Friday night because Southampton had pit. Um, and I thought last night we were defended brilliantly. Um, you know, didn't create quite as much, but still enough. Um, you know, towards the end of that second half, we could have got a few more if final pass had landed, etc. So, no, really impressed. And very impressed that Jordan drove there and back in light of him having the Garys for the last X amount of days and <laughs> not shit himself. So, well done, pal. <laughs> Mate, honestly, I've had a diet this week of peppermint tea, which I'm drinking now, and Rennie's. Um, Classic it's been, combo. It's, it's been a Rennie, brutal... Rennie's is for heartburn, though, no? <laughs> yeah, that's the wrong thing. You needed a modium, yeah. no, 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 I've had a bit of a modium, but Rennie's has got peppermint in as well. It's good for, like, indigestion, uh, bloating. Okay. I've had a lot of bloating. Yeah, the last four Who days. Who told I'm... you that? Dave Rennie. <laughs> Ain't he at, he's at Bristol now, isn't he? He's at Bristol. He is, that's, yeah. he, he is he'll be Bristol. back, won't he? There you go. Saturday. He um, is brutal couple of days, unfortunately, but I feel a bit better now. Good to um, hear. Good to hear because you uh, you're off to Berlin to run a marathon this weekend as well. Yeah, so I fly out tomorrow night, uh, fly to Hamburg, then get over to Berlin, and then go and see Union on Saturday um, against Hoffenheim, which I'm looking forward to. Um, obviously, Jude Jude broke the hearts last night in stoppage time, but. Um, I've been a bit unlucky this year with home games because I was in Latvia for the Coventry game. I was working for Hall, and now I miss Bristol City and the return of Kingy and Pearson. So it's been a bit unlucky. But I did say to my dad, "Do you want to go to see Union?" And he said, "No, he's going to watch Leicester in a pub on his phone instead." Is he coming out with you? Yeah, oh, that's yeah. good. And he doesn't want to go to the game with you. Just going to sit. Up. Sit in a pub. Just sit in a pub and watch Leicester on his phone, which I, I commend. But yeah, the annoying yep. thing is, obviously, I can't have a drink until after. So Friday, Saturday night, they'll they'll be enjoying themselves, and I'll uh, probably be in bed trying to get some some sleep. You'll make up for it on Sunday, I'm sure. And yep. what we should do is we should plug a link to your charity because you're running it for charity, aren't you? Oh, please do. Yeah, running it for Mind. Uh, I think I'm on 60-odd percent of what I raised, but because I only found out in 
July, I think. So it wasn't, you know, not the most amount of uh, notice. But yeah, run it for mind. Ran one before in London. So uh, I've been around before. So I'd hopefully can get around again a couple of years later. Peace, peace. You'll smash it. Right. Anyway, back to the football. Um, yeah, it was really good, wasn't it? it it's um, Dorrits, I think, were, were a lot better than um, stronger side than Southampton going into the game. You know, they're top scorers in the division. There's a lot of chat about Johnny Rowe and, and Gabriel Sara. But, you know, I thought we, um, for for different reasons, probably to Southampton, I thought we gave a really good account of ourselves. Defensively, in, in particular, I, I thought we were really strong, Jordan. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you know, we probably started slightly slower, but to be expected, they've won every game at home until last night. Um, I think Amazon made a decent stop. And then pretty much after the first five, ten minutes, we we seemed to be not I wouldn't say in command, but very comfortable. They didn't look like they were gonna score. Um and we looked dangerous on the break again. I thought um, you know, Caste didn't have his finest game, but you know, he'll, he'll be fine this season and he'll he'll play his part like he did against Cardiff. But um the back four looked solid. Hamza was decent in that that right back position. Uh, again, playing an inverted fullback coming inside. Um I was kind of loath to admit it at Southampton, but I thought Vestergaard was very good yesterday. Um, you know, we know what Doyle's capable of. Um, and then, yeah, like I say, going forward, Casey's got a lot of pace. And the thing I love about him, he's so raw. It, you can you can tell, obviously, he's been coached to a level, but when it comes to professional football, it's like he's got the shackles are off and he, he, he can play as he likes. And that's really difficult to deal with if you're if you're a defender. Obviously, Mavadidi is an absolute maverick on the other side, and I thought they were scared to death of him. And I thought Eunice picked up some nice little pockets as well. Um, and yeah, I thought first half we were pretty comfortable, got the goal at the right time. It was a stonewall pen. Uh, they, they were whinging all game, they were at the ref. I mean, Graham Scott is a bad ref. He, I think he dished out about eight bookings for no reason yesterday, but um, it was a stonewall pen. And then second half, yeah, they had. 10, 15 minute spell again to be expected when they're losing at home. Um, that save from Hermerson was absolutely fantastic. Uh, point blank range. Uh, obviously, he kind of made a mistake passing it through the thirds and the lad at the bar was, was a great effort, to be fair. I was looking not to score, but what was Hermerson? Four million. I mean, he he's looking better every game. It's almost like, like I feel like he could play in the 10. Or the four, like everything literally goes through him. We get the ball. I think three times he rolled it up to Ian Acho through the middle of the pitch, and he and Kel, you know, a couple of times he lost it, but it, it was a nice turn to get the centre back booked. I mean, Hermanson looks like an absolute snip at that price. And then, as you said, Rick, towards the end of the game, I, I did feel like it was a matter of time before we we got another one uh, on the break and. When you're bringing KDH and, and DD off the bench, it's pretty scary for other teams in this league. And fair play to Kiernan because we were slightly critical of him after Kov, but Southampton and last night he's played two phenomenal passes and McAteer on the end of both of them actually. And and fair play to him, he, he got both goals, you know, got, got goal into Southampton last night. So wouldn't say again a complete performance, but we just look so comfortable in both games and if they were the acid test so far, if they're the best two sides, they can't be the best two sides of this league that we're going to play, surely, um, because we look head and shoulders above them. Um, I don't know, we've got Bristol City, who are decent, Preston coming up, Blackburn are going to be tough, but I said before the season, if we start quick, I think we'll piss it, and I just can't see anyone laying a glove on us, to be honest. Um, I, I'm enjoying your, your confidence. I think at the bit you talked about I, I don't think you specifically said it, but almost like what gear we're in. I think after the game last night on the Sky covers, they said if we were in gear two before, is that us in gear three? And it, it does feel, Rick, like we've got more gears to go through. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. I think these last two games has definitely been a shift. Um, I was obviously enjoying as winning four of the first five in the league and the other cup games, but I do feel like I was just not quite completely sort of sold on the way that we were um, dealing with teams that were sat back on us. Obviously, Southampton and Norwich haven't necessarily sat back. They've taken a lot of the possession as much as we have. But 
I've enjoyed both performances. I, even last night, we didn't create that much in the first half, but I loved that that first 45 minutes. Not once was a really that sort of like frustrated with anything. I know Ianacho, uh, his first touch in in some of the spells and Casadai, you know, they, they obviously were a little bit scruffy, but we were just we were we're getting hold of the ball. We were slowing it down, trying to invite them onto us. You know, for for some of it, it was like a game of chess. You know, Hermanson, Vestergaard, Fass, etc. They were happy to hold on to the ball and see. And I didn't mind that per se because then when we did get the ball and we did start to open up, we were trying to move it quick. You know, you know, we've we've seen games and games in the Premier League where we were laboured and it didn't matter what was happening, we we couldn't switch it up. Um, so yeah, I think we have stepped it up a gear, um, and it's just nice, isn't it, to to see us take a step up in opposition with Southampton and Norwich and get six points. Um, you know, it doesn't guarantee that we keep beating everyone, um, but it's that first sort of obstacle of perceived better class and we've smashed them. Um, and now we've got some home games coming up as well. Obviously, we lost to Hull, even though I thought we gave ourselves a fairly decent account of ourselves and should have scored at least one. Bristol won't be easy, but um, you know, get get a get a win at home again. And, and as George says, I'm not quite as utter belief that we will walk the league, but we're going to be amongst it. Um, and you know, it would take a serious sort of drop off or or sort of toiling to to not really be involved in the top two. So long may it continue. Um, I mean, George nailed pretty much my assessment of individual players. I thought Hermanson was phenomenal. Uh, yes, he, there was one mistake, but his, his use of the ball is so good. So much so that um, I'd spotted someone was tweeting his dad on Twitter last night. So I congratulated his dad for um, his son's passing ability. Did he respond to you? Um, no, he's not actually, which a bit no. miffed about. But um, early yeah. days, I'll, 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 I'll keep it up and... Uh, I'm sure I'm sure I'll uh, have some interaction with him at some point. But um, I, I was particularly impressed on the defensive side. Obviously, Vestergaard had another very good game. Can't fault that at all. I was particularly impressed with Doyle. Um, I thought, obviously, he's had some very good moments this season. It uh, wasn't so good against uh, Southampton, and he was possibly at fault um, for the goal against Hull. But last night, he was unbelievable, both defensively and then some of his long-range passing. Um, yeah, he he was great, and yeah, throughout the team there was a lot of individual performances. Great to see Hamza Chowdhury as well step in. You know, giving the captain's armband was a massive surprise, but it's those little things that Enzo's getting right. Doesn't matter what he does, he seems to be getting it right. And you know what that might do for Chowdhury and you know and just the team to see that happening and coming and doing. And his pace is actually so underrated. Chowdhury's pace. You know, he did bail bail the defence out, and um, at this level, he is an asset, and that's even with me probably saying he needs to needed to or needs to move on, given his contracts up. But um, yeah, really impressed, um, and yeah, just um, quite rare, isn't it, to to feel the way that we're feeling after. You know, it's really the, odd, isn't it? Because I I always yeah. think I, I, we've got nothing to moan about, and it's actually really <laughs> really enjoyable. Like it's not it's not really our forte, is it? Um, well, this podcast was built on no, it was built vi- on misery. vitriol, collective vitriol misery. and misery. So yeah. oh, I am worried that uh, you know are we going to lose our our edge? Um, yeah, but we'll we'll have to risk that with them doing yeah. the business. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think uh, one of the bits that I'm really enjoying this season is um because because I, I think it's there's a bit of a misconception about how we play. Because I think everyone thinks it's all short, five-yard passing, and we all play out through the back. I, I thought the bit I loved last night is it's not just that. Um, we can be really direct. We can play out from the back. I think like Hermanson is just absolutely pivotal pivotal to that. Rick, I think you're absolutely spot on. I've, I've been saying earlier, I think we hadn't last season. I think we would have stayed up. Um, yeah. He's a really good shot stopper. I mean, and it's not just his sort of calmness on the ball. And, you know, that does, I think we're all getting used to that. And, you know, as the odd mistakes going to happen with anyone, unless you're Harry Winks and you, know, you never give the ball away. Um, <laughs> but it was some of the, I mean, in the first half, he played two sort of 70-yard balls. One of them was straight to Mavadidi's feet and the other one yeah. almost played played Casey in. So It did, didn't it? Yeah. 
I, I don't he's got think... arrogance about him as well, hasn't he? Not he's yeah. like a yeah, he's got something about him that yeah, I love him. He's just he, very good. Start they were like, yeah, it, it was a great save, and he was like, yeah, it was a great save, wasn't it? And you're like, <laughs> you've got to be quite good to get away with that. But um, good yeah, looking I, I, motherfucker as well, isn't he? Um, yeah, exactly. And uh, Jordan, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you this question because you're not. I don't think you're quite over last season, but and we and we've been very critical of of the decisions that were made last uh, last season and the stuff that went wrong. At what stage do we start to give credit? Because I think there have been some decisions they've they've got right. I think I, you know, I go back to the piece I wrote in the Foss way about the amount of turnover that the club needed to manage. I think I think getting Enzo in really early on is is a really good move. Like clearly, um, we we need to talk about him as well. I think the, you know, the amount of players they've got in. I'd never heard of Mavadidi. I'd never heard of Hermanson. We both bought them for less than five million quid. They look. You know, they look like players that could could really step up. So, so I guess my question is: at, at what stage do we almost? I guess it's not forgive, but but start to give some some credit to the to the decision makers in the uh, at the helm. Yeah, honestly, I was saying the same thing last night. That I said at some point I'm going to have to enjoy myself winning games every week. And you know, I know it's only against the likes of the teams we played, but. In, we're gonna ha- we're gonna have to enjoy the season because we might end up next season back in the prem and the monotony of trying to stay up and getting beat every week against some of the t- sides that are in there. And not only that, the football that we're playing is absolutely fantastic. And I I did say earlier in the season that from what I'd seen so far, I didn't think it was too different from Brendan's impact when he came in. But after that defeat to Hull, the last two performances, you can clearly see that Enzo's work with Pep. And I watched Burnley the other night at, Burn, uh, at Forest and a very similar style of play. Always, not always, but going back to the keeper so often. And like like Rick said, it's almost like a game of chess where, yeah, the keeper can have the ball. The two centre-backs peel wide. It looks to me like the, the centre midfielders almost get out of the way for the, for the, for the goalkeeper. He's like a quarterback almost. It's like he's a third centre-back or fourth centre-back these days with how we play. And then Enzo's doing a terrific job and you have to credit um, Rudkin and Whelan and Top for, for getting him in early, getting Barnes and Madison out the door and getting rid of Tielemans and a few others. And like you say, I think Hermanson, can, he looks to me like he can definitely step up. I mean, he's going to make mistakes. We're going to concede a few goals, but he's going to be worth 10, 12 points easily this season. And if we'd had him last season, who knows? Do you know what I mean? Like we, we could... Easily have stayed up with a keeper of that 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 caliber. It seems to me like he's Premier League level already. Mavadidi, I'm just so excited about. I, I know he's um, like I say, he's a bit of a maverick, and off the ball he can he can labour a little bit, but he just looks so dangerous when he gets the ball. And I think there's there's room for improvement there. Um, you know, Cody's not even played a minute yet, um, and I don't know how he's going to get into the team um, because the, the back four, three or four, is starting to look pretty settled. So. We've got to enjoy it, um, and like like you say, we've got to give credit to to the you know the hierarchy for bringing Enzo in and doing the business that they've done. It's only fair, you know. We we we've, we've sang their praises when we won the league and won the cup and got in Europe, um, criticised them when we got relegated, and we, we we should rightfully praise them now. But um, yeah, like I said last night, I'm gonna to have to start enjoying it sooner or later, especially with no VAR. That is an absolute blessing. But um, yeah, I'm still a bit frustrated with last season. I feel like, you know, we should win this league at a canter. Um, but that shouldn't stop us enjoying it. And, you know, I've not even mentioned Winksy last night was just a complete level above anyone else on the pitch. Absolutely head and shoulders, and as he has been most games. But, you know, I, I joked earlier at work, he said, oh, 100% pass rate, 83 passes, and he's not giving the ball away. And someone said, oh, backwards and sideways. And I thought, well, in this system, it doesn't matter, does it? He's getting the ball off the keeper, giving it him back or giving it to the centre-backs. And as soon as we break the press, we're away. Um, and it did make me laugh towards the end of the game where I think he carried it 30, 40 yards. He was either bollocks or he had a nosebleed because he turned back around and passed it. <laughs> um, and I'd just like to see him add some goals to his game. But yeah, I think you're right, Jack. I think we, we should definitely give credit where it's due. And um, yeah, I think you used the word enjoy about five or six times, which I enjoyed. Um 
But something I know Rick will have enjoyed is, and I, I saw Jordan Blackwell tweet about this earlier today. I think that's the youngest side we've played in the league since yeah. a very long time. I can't remember specifically, but I uh, I know how much you enjoy sort of. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be careful what I say here because it's going to sound <laughs> a bit dodgy. But um, I know, yeah, I know you enjoy, yeah. you enjoy you youth. Mean. You enjoy youth. I I like young. Um, football players coming through our football team and adding value. Um, but again, it's probably easier to do it at championship level, isn't it, than Premier League? So I, I do understand you can't just keep throwing academy players in or, or maybe, you know, un, un, unproven players. But Maresca feels to me like he's willing to do that. You know, his articles, he named Chet Wanya after the weekend, even though we dropped out. Um, to say that you know he's the one that's perhaps made way, but that doesn't mean that he's um, you know he's cast aside. He, he's still very much involved, and you know he scored goals for the academy again. Um, and he's name checked again, Alves and uh, and Braybrook coming back from injury. So Maresca's very much invested in developing the academy, which is music to I think our ears because it's one way of getting um, you know. You, you need to increase value. It, it's the way I know George talks about. You know, it, it can sometimes be a bit desolate trying to trying to compete with the the elite because you, you're just waiting to make mistakes from when you've bought players through, sold them for a profit, and then reinvest. But it is the model, um, and certainly from the academy. Um, so yeah, very good. Um, I think going back to saying about it's frustrating that we got relegated. It is. And, you know, I, I don't think I can forgive and forget ever because where we came from. But I can also acknowledge um, where they have attempted to um, correct the mistakes. And it looks like they have so far. I mean, it's still early days in that regard. But, you know, it does look like we've recognised trying to get value for money again. Although, you know, it might have taken time to get certain players in in the summer. We were probably doing that based on trying to get them at a certain price rather than overpaying, probably overcommitting on wages. So fair play in that regard. Um, and yeah, Mavadidi's one who I'm, I'm fascinated to see. I'm, I'm still gutted that we've lost Barnes and that was a consequence of getting relegated. I don't know whether Barnes would have gone if we'd stayed up. Madison was always going, but Barnes is probably the one that um, may have stayed. So Mavadidi may... I don't think he's that level, but could he be? Same age, needs to sharpen up on his finishing. But I, I love his directness. Um, and although he does at times seem like he might not care off the ball, at other times he's, he's getting stuck in. And I, I think he's going to be one of those players that uh, he gets an unfair rep for his sort of attitude. When actually, I think he's a you know he's a solid team player. So um, yeah, all good. Uh, I think I think the only only sort of minor negative is the fact that Jake's absent, and you know maybe he's not enjoying it quite as much as us three boys. But um, you know we'll let him defend himself or, um, or <laughs> when 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 we do the weekends one. We have had so many messages about Jake. It has been um, great for us because it's really amusing, but not great for Jake so uh, so yeah we'll let, we'll let him explain where he is um so so there we are and you didn't even mention my new favorite player Fatuwu who again just came on at one point he um he sort of half lost the ball and then just belted it against their player which <laughs> i just really enjoyed he's just chaos he's chaos but he's also like he almost knows what he's doing like there's a definite assuredness to to his game. I don't think we're yet um, convinced that he he knows what he's doing completely, but he makes things happen. Uh, he obviously was playing on the left last night as opposed to the right, um, and still, you know, I think arguably should have had an assist because McAteer missed. You know, five minutes before he he had a, a similar openish goal, he had a, a free header which you know would have been five goals for him in six games and. Would have been a nice assist for Fatou, but you know he's contributing. I think he can't be far off a start soon. Uh, Mackety is probably going to need to be rested, whether that's the weekend or at least against Liverpool in the week. Uh, looking forward to seeing what he could do. Um, I do think we are going to get end product from him. I don't think he's going to um, be one of those players that that doesn't do a lot for us. And 
I, I know the the auction price on him seems to still be quite high. It's about seventeen million euros, but I don't know if we get promoted. That's he uh, does look like a player that's got a hell of a lot of potential, doesn't he? Uh, and I'd, I'd chance that if he carries on the way he is. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, very enjoyable. Uh, that's the summary. Anything else on Norwich? Should we, should we do some dear Rick Flairs or Jordan, you've got something? Well, I was just thinking with Fatou, um, I think Rick's right. He's going to have to replace McAteer, but obviously McAteer has been brilliant. But I was just thinking a front three of Fatou, Mavadidi and Iheanacho is just going to be carnage. Can you imagine <laughs> being in midfield and giving them three the ball, or one of them three the ball? You wouldn't have a clue what's going to go go on next. I don't let think they be playing against them. Iheanacho for a half an hour, last first half an hour, he was dreadful last Garbage, night. Really. First touch was just bouncing <laughs> off him. And then classic him manages to turn Duffy and actually, I think I, I I don't think it's really been commented on, but as soon as Duffy got booked, and then Gibson got booked a few minutes later, you could just see they just backed off, mm-hmm. and they weren't quite as sharp with their pressing, and it it just changed the game. But um, took his penalty well, and um, I love the dance. Nice I, I think everyone <laughs> I, that needs yeah. to stay. Like we need everyone doing the dance when he when he scores again. Can you imagine the whole of the King Power doing that? Wolf's laugh cracked me up because yeah, Kel will do it after. I mean, obviously, I you know I've, I've criticised Kel in the past, but he, he'll do that. You know, he'll do that Cruyff turn out of nowhere and get a player mm. booked, and then the easiest first touch, he'll, he'll be asleep, and the centre yeah. back will just nip in. But when he scored, I just, I just loved the sheer. I don't know if it's arrogance or just he's just so thick he doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> I, I don't think he knows what's going on. Have you seen the I interview where they ask him about the Roman Empire? Yeah, I was about to say that. I, I was howling last night at that. And the commentary. The commentary. The commentary of Ricky. Oh, the commentary of Ricardo. He's over it. I mean, that's it. When he goes, and you know, whether we miss him on the play, on the football side of things, but what he, the, the laughs he's brought. When he did the A up me ode as well ages ago, and, and even the Xmas chopping, which I don't think he's meant to do, he's just he's, he's box office. His favourite film, Mr. Bean. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a good conversation Amazing. between them two. Uh, well, I, I hope that, I hope they do a Q and A with Ian Acho just so we can ask him if he wants to go narrow boating with Rick. <laughs> what, so what I was about to say there, I know you're going to uh, announce a couple of things on this pod. Um, tonight, but the the one where in February, you know, he should be on stage, Ian Acho, because he could get up and do a turn as a comedian and he'd bring the house down. He's unreal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, speaking of who's unreal, should we do some dear Ric Flair's? <laughs> Always. Go on, mate. I need somebody, help. not just anybody. No, I need someone. Ric Flair. Um, that was meant to fade out, but it didn't. It's hard. It's hard. This presenting lot. Um, superb. Right, we've 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 had one sent in again, and we've had a voice note, Rick, uh, okay. from from L Emblem Fox on on Twitter. Um, okay. Due to uh, technical difficulties, I'm, I'm going to attempt to play this out my phone. So you, you boys are going to have to tell me if the audio quality is any good, okay? Okay. Well, it's great listening to you every week. Uh, dear Rick Flair, I tweeted you earlier this week, Rick, asking if you had a nickname for Mavadidi, and you came back with MD2020, which I thought was a, was a good shout. Um, but my question now is... Um, on the same topic as, as nicknames, did you experience any funny nicknames when you were growing up in school, whether it was about you or other people? The reason I ask is is after speaking to you about nicknames on Twitter, uh, some memories came back to me from when I was at school. Um, we had a lad in our in our form at school called John West, so obviously his nickname was Tuna, um, obviously, what else? Um, we also used to know someone called Tony, who we used to, who we used to call Tony Two Carpets, because he used to waddle when he walked, so it, it looked like he was carrying a carpet under each arm, so that was his nickname. And then, uh, and then as well, there were two twin brothers at school called Mark and David, um, 
and we used to call them posty or posties because they were that bad at football or like on lunch break when we played they they would just be used as goalposts so uh, this isn't you know rubbish by the way this is actually true these are real nicknames so uh, i feel like everyone's got funny stories about nicknames when they were growing up so lads if you've got a good one i look forward to hearing it on the next pod cheers lads there we go rick wow i like that um well so just want to disclose the md 2020 although i came up with that when we were talking about um that drink, I think it was actually one of you boys that nicknamed that from Avadidi. So I just wanted to disclose I wasn't pinching that. Uh, I know, George, um, there was a picture of Brendan Rogers that I put on the BLSB uh, Twitter. So just just giving people credit. Um, so nicknames, I mean, oh, God. Nicknames are bad, bad names. Bad names. At least start with him. Um, Nathan's a good name. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm trying to think. At school, we I mean, this is a bit bad, actually. There was a lad, and he had the worst dandruff ever. And uh, everyone used to call him Dandad, which obviously is self-explanatory, and he didn't used to appreciate that. He used to get was very he aggressive. <laughs> he wasn't, actually. Uh, what was his name? His name, his name was Andrew. But uh, anyway, beside the point. Um, i tell you what, I have got a good story. Very random. I, I've got a hell of a lot of nicknames. But one of them that my brother and all of his mates call me is clack yeah clack as in clack like a chicken and it originates from and I, I wasn't part of this but years ago a few of my mates they rang up one of the lads we went to school with dad and pretended to be from fosway radio and that uh, he was live on air and if he could cluck as many times as he could in a minute that he would win a free kfc and he'd need his to down to KFC to collect it, right? <laughs> so he's there and he's going, clack, clack, clack. Am I doing any good? And my mates were like pissing themselves in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah brilliant. Okay, if you, Jim, if you just go down to the local KFC, you collect your, collect your meal. So that's obviously a, an amazing story that my mates told me about. And then years later, I told my brother about it. And he loved it. And then because I've told my brother that story, I'm now called Clack. <laughs> years later, I'm 40 years old now. I'm 40 <laughs> years old and I'm still called Clack by him and all of his mates. So oh. there you go. Superb. Missed Superb. Um, that's unbelievable. Uh, there's, the, uh, there's this YouTube clip with all the, uh, I think it's in the New Zealand radio uh show i don't know if you've seen it but they do all kind like they do all kinds of nicknames like my favorite one from that is a guy called keith who lost his eye so they call him keth yes i think i have seen that yeah yeah brilliant you should yeah. find, let's find that we'll dig it out and it's like i was having this conversation with someone at work yesterday and they were talking about their kids at school apparently that kid's really tall and he's called ben so they call him ben nevis and then the other kid's called Tom, and he's got really long arms, so they call him Orangatom. <laughs> Very good. Um, which I enjoy. <laughs> Do you have any nicknames, George? Unfortunately, mate, I'm a bit like Alan Massey off Mike Bassett. Uh, why can't I have a nickname? Um, and I've never had one. I, I tried to get a few off the ground when I was younger, like Flash went down terribly. Uh, everyone just calls me George or think... Nord. I don't think you can do your own nicknames, so though, can you, pal? You can't, like? you can't. <laughs> I get Nord because apparently I've got a big nose, and it's yeah, it's not Nord. A name. Well, no. There is one person who self-declared gave himself a nickname, Paul Inch, didn't he? Gave himself the governor. The so governor, he used to yeah. take the shirt off and put it on. Yeah, well, yeah. need we say any more? Yeah, um, I was listening to a pod earlier today, and apparently when. It's on the Monday Owl podcast, which is my new favourite thing. But apparently when Lauren, Bl Lauren Blanc went to Man U, they thought it was too complicated a name to pronounce, so they just called him Larry White. <laughs> That's pretty good. Because <laughs> they've started calling um, Michael Appleton. Appleton is apparently too long for Charlton fans, so they've just started calling him Mickey Apples. <laughs> <laughs> Not to his face. Not because I'm scared of him. Not, not 
<laughs> to his face, not because he's scared of him. But no, there we go. Um, very good. Wicked. I, d I don't actually know L's name, but thank you to L logo of a fox on Twitter for that. Very, very good. Great to get the voice notes in. Um, we've actually uh, we've got two things that we were going to do. Uh, got some questions on Twitter. Ooh. So I was going to read them, uh, get a few of them out. Um, uh, we won't be able to do all of them. Uh, and then do a little bit of uh, the Bristol City game and the return of King Nigel. So, uh, so yeah, we'll kick off with the questions. Um, these are quite these are quite good actually. It's from uh, from the aptly named Machiavellian Fox. Um, he starts the note with commiserations to Jake Watson, uh, and then a picture of a tractor, carrot, a canary, and also shit. So <laughs> brilliant. Um, saying Rick needs to give Norwich the Scotch egg treatment. Um, he's got a series of questions actually. First one is when we were in the league, can he join the canal boat party? Um, yeah, what's what's he going to bring though? What like, he, he needs to bring something, so you know, there's got there's there's an can entry he, fee. Can he bring Harry Winks? Yeah, can he bring Winks or at least like a bag of cans or some something? You got to bring something to the party, basically. Everyone's yeah. invited, but you got to bring something unique. Yeah, some spaghetti hoops. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Um, the second question is also a very good question because uh, it references something that I very much enjoyed, which was uh, Nacho's celebration last night. Three best ever Leicester City celebrations. What are they? Ooh, I mean, Cambiasso against QPR was a good one. The, 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 bow. the bow. Yeah, recreated um, by Cassidy. I did like Muzzy Izzets against Tottenham when he scored that volley. We just, just ran off. off. Just we just ran off. off. <laughs> yeah. he, he runs off so quickly that his head's sort of behind him. <laughs> it's like, it's, I watched that the other day and yeah, he just, yeah, and he had little legs. And Taggart had a, a good one, didn't he, with his arm. Was that against, that yeah, was in Europe, was, but I can't remember it was against. Was that against, that wasn't against was Red Star, was it? Red Star. Yeah, it was yeah. Red but Star. When he scored again, I can't remember. Was it where he sort of like went arm. like that? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah he did that. Um, Steve Howard at home to Leeds was a good one. Just, that, that was that very was just, good. That was just the Shearer. Yeah, but Howard, isn't it? Yeah. I watched that in a uh, in an internet cafe in Thailand, and I splattered the entire <laughs> place with lager when it went in, and it wasn't very popular. I think I broke a few keyboards. But um, I tell you another good celebration was it was it when we'd been labelled boring. Boy, was it? It went John Gregory and yeah, Elliot yeah, scored Villa against the cup, um, Yeah, and they yeah. sort of like all pretended to could sleep. He sort of ran backwards after score. He was sort of like, it, it was one of the best headers I've ever seen because he was running backwards as he headed it and then just carried on running backwards. Um, and then Gary Coatsworth scored an absolute screamer against Luton in about 1993 or four. I remember his celebration was particularly. Wild, um, probably because he, he probably couldn't believe he'd scored. He he always fascinated me because he had a goatee beard on his forehead. <laughs> if you can find any pictures of him back then, like obviously his hair was falling out, but he managed to sort of maintain this lovely, like low sort of hair line and then nothing else. Um, so it looked like he'd sort of finally coiffed a, a, a goatee beard on his forehead. But um, I can't think of any recent ones that are any good. You've got you've got to have Walshie and Claridge in there from the playoff finals. Just they're just so iconic, aren't they? Oh, where Walsh Walsh is sort of like um, slobbering on Martin O'Neill's face, isn't he? Like you see him afterwards, he's glistening with um, slobber. But yeah, I, I prefer the old days for iconic celebrations. You've not. I'm surprised there's been no Vardy ones in there. But um, well, yeah, yeah you true. Have a whole of them. Do, you, do you remember Gallagher first game? Uh, Pearson came back in, in his second spell. He scored like two, I think it was against Palace. I think he scored Palace two scores. Yeah. Second one yeah. he scored, his, I think it was a free kick. And he ran round and he just belted the ball like straight into, like actually into yes. Rose Ed. It was it, like just straight up. It was That was phenomenal, actually. And that's not even part of the celebration. I mean, yeah. the Eagle at Palace has got to be up there, surely. 
surely. Eagles unreal. And um, was it Wolves where they told them they got smelly breath that was last <laughs> season on the fort when we beat them four 0 at their gaff? He's always yeah. good for a celebration, Vardy. Any West yeah. Brom celebration? I mean, the, yeah, the, the one when we stayed up, the Great Escape. That was, that was. Yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. Shafu, where he goes and cups his ears. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the Man United one, obviously. Again, yeah. Some there's some iconic there. Right. What are you going for? Top three then. <sighs> top, top. So you got to go in reverse order, do you reckon? Yeah. I'll go Claridge third, just for nostalgia. Like it. Yeah. Palace. Um. You kind of got that when you when you like iconic moments when you win something, I suppose. Oh, do you know another one I'll throw in? And this is actually VAR because I hate it. But when Nacho uh, scored against oh, Everton, that was good. Yeah, I'm not sure that's top three, though. But Underrated one was a Joa against West Ham when he scored the penalty. Yeah. That was underrated. Yeah, that was a big one. Telemans in the FA Cup final. I mean, it was very good celebration. But Perez's knee slide when he hadn't scored were always particularly enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. I think you should only be allowed to do a knee slide if you scored the goal. Well, do you remember Riyadh's when he scored that one the goal at Man City? Oh, he, he did it all the time, the didn't he? Yeah, yeah he, he sort of, it was like, he didn't get the purchase, did he? It sort of snagged and did a roll over. Did, um, I think Knockhart must have had some good celebrations from goals. He, he was always... He scored one against Sheff- Sheffield Wednesday and then knee slid in front of the... Um, opposition manager just the game before we were about to get promoted but not because yeah. he was taking the piss out of the manager but because he wanted to wave at his girlfriend <laughs> I mean in terms of his celebration Nigel Pearson's having a party at the uh, yeah the uh, end of season awards was fantastic well, yeah then you've got Vardy's party when we won the league does that count as a it's got no, to be a goal count. no it's got to be a goal well maybe we put it out maybe we put it out on, maybe we put it out on the old Twitter because I can't, I can't really decide what I think would be the best ever Leicester celebration. Um, I um I enjoyed Slimani. Uh, was it against Porto? Because he always scored against them. The Dragons. Uh, for Sporting, yeah. He was always he. Um, yeah, I don't know whether it's in me. It's a hard one. This. I'd rather just have thrown a load out them. Let let people other people. Yeah, decide. I th- oh, just could. Could be an ongoing feature. This I like this. Mm. All Brighton against Bruges. Yeah, got me yeah. in there. Although I don't really like knee slides where you end up on your back. I just mm. think it looks it looks like you don't score many goals. But anyway, moment was was very good. I think this could be an ongoing one. Well, I can't decide. Yeah. So could be could be a combination of your your top four idea and my yeah. goal idea and. We each talk through one every episode or something. I don't know. Might be shit. Might be good. Um, all right. Well, they were good questions, actually. Thank you very much, yeah, Machiavelli and Fox, for that. Um, should, I, should I do the announcement now? Should I yeah, should do that before yeah. we talk about Bristol City? Let's do it. Um, yeah. So um, it's, it's not really an announcement, apart from it's sort of a teaser to an announcement, but um, we're, we're very close to sorting... Uh, a December live quiz. So uh, it's looking like it's going to be the 2nd of December, which is when we play West Brom away. But it's only about an hour and a bit to get back to Leicester. And there is also the possibility that it may be moved to the TV. So we will make allowances for that. Um, But yeah, somewhere in Leicester, once we have signed on the dotted line, we will announce that. And we're going to do that in association with the charity. Uh, which I will also uh, announce when they when they let me. Um, so that that's one thing to keep your eyes out for. Uh, and the second one is is also, um, I, I would say hilarious, but it's a bit of a pun uh, in the sense that uh, we've been asked to appear at Leicester Comedy Festival, um, which uh, we've said yes to. Um, so we need to find a date for that. Um, I'm not quite sure we ever categorised this. Uh, this podcast is comedy. Um, 
I don't know whether they're referring to for our football team or the content within it, but um, but yeah, we're we're very pleased to uh, to have been asked to do that. So that's uh, that's in February, I think, um, where we'll be relying on Rick largely for laughs and humour. Although you could get Ian Acho along to come on stage with you, I think that that could be the biggest comedy going. I I think we try and get Lambert Opic because he did a turn, didn't he? He he turned to comedy very briefly. And he's a Leicester fan, and he might bring the cheeky girls with him. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if Can not, you imagine Keith Vaz meeting the cheeky girls. Oh, I think I think we've already got the ball rolling here. This is this is a sort of um, this is how we would brainstorm. We're just doing it <laughs> out loud. Do, doing it on air. Uh, yeah. 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 Where were the cheeky yeah. girls from? Was it Romania? Romania, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there you go um okay i'll well, send them a tweet i'll tweet from our big strong leicester boys account see if it which don't, don't apology do can apologies you, for anyone caught in the crossfires on tuesday night <laughs> do you want to explain what happened on tuesday night actually apologies about that well <laughs> the high winds that were everyone experienced on tuesday meant that the trains were pure chaos so i was stuck at euston and i had a skinful um as i always have, usually am so i was in no man's land and i was waiting for a train and wow well, check my card yes i spent 28 quid in burger king as well which um don't recall doing that but uh, anyway yeah and so i just got i just went off on one a few tweets here and there um seemed to i, I was asked Pussyman Dan, whether he'd rather be called Keish Chegwin or Pussyman Flan. Um, See, on one of the tweets, which he said he'd rather be called Dan or Daniel. So uh, Daniel, yeah. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Pussyman um, Daniel last night gave me two season tickets, and fortunately, I managed to find the recipient of those season tickets in the ground. I don't know why he gave them me, so I, I need to ask him. So it's a call to Dan. Why he's, did he he's on, season tickets? He's on holiday in Benidorm. Yeah, it's got to be something like that. Is I'm also not there, so yeah. fortunately, we got away with it. But I'd like to know his reasoning. Yeah, I'm sure it would be a, an obscene reason. Apologies for last night. So. Um, there we go, Rick. There we go. Um, there we go. We need to track down Dan, find out what, whose season tickets he's pinched and... Uh, commend Jordan for being a uh, good Samaritan. Um, but yeah, um, we changed the password now, mate. So you can't get on there. Well, I've been on there today, so that's rubbish. Well, <laughs> I just can't wrong. log out. You so can't you log out. And actually, if you do that again, I'm banning you from who are you for five games. So See, you you. You're literally coming up with the pettiest things to try and ban me from who are you. Yeah. And? No. no. Well, if anything, I should have been praised for getting it so quick last week. People have said I spoiled it because I got it too quick. I mean, what do you want me to do? Um, well, as a result of that, we're not going to play who are you tonight, Rick. <laughs> In it. protest. You ruined it. Was, it. I mean, uh, not not that I like to sort of, I know we joke at George, but Otherwise, me or you are playing against ourselves. <laughs> I know John could be the quiz. No, we just call it a quiz. We call it a quiz. Yeah. I'm still fascinated by that. I, Bring it I on. Think we'll, some... we'll see. We'll let's, see in December. let's call it a quiz and see if he can. I think he might. He might be right. Yeah, I've got um... one of the Suez Canal at the minute. <laughs> yeah. That's Jack's. Well, the question is going to be about war. Um... <laughs> Mongo Jerry. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um... If you don't like the office, you won't have got any of that. Um, but there we go. Uh, cool. Should we talk about Bristol City a little bit before we wrap up? I suppose we better. Um, yeah. Thoughts? Better game, Rick? Um, I'm going to be a bit controversial. It pisses me off how much people still love Nigel Pearson. It's like it's like people can't bring themselves to like 
any other manager. Any, we've we've got we want to win. We've got to win on on Saturday. But the, some of the adulation reading about it, it's almost as if they would rather hit rather than win because of what Nigel Pearson means to which Yeah, he he obviously did very well for us, and I'll respect that. I'm not going to try and claim otherwise. Like, but yeah, it's been like get over it almost, and. I don't know. Maybe I'm going to get shit for that, but I mean, I hope we absolutely batter him, and I hope he, I hope he hates it, and you know, I hope we ruin his weekend, ruin his whole season. Fuck him. Um, but yeah, thanks for the memories, Nigel. No, I do. I, feel, I just don't know. There's something been winding me up about this nostalgia about Pearson. He's God in some eyes, and I get it within reason. No, come on. Get a bit of get a bit of vitriol back in your in your lives rather than you know, he ain't here anymore. You you just know that the crowd it's all gonna be nice before kickoff until he starts going off about something or strangling for Tubu and then uh and then it will change, won't it, George? Well, yeah, I'm with Rick on this one. Um I have been for quite a while. I mean he did a wonderful job in getting us up from League One obviously getting us back into the Premier League. What really grinds grinds me with Pearson is people don't actually realise that he is a championship football manager and not a Premier League manager. I mean, we stayed up pretty much by a, a bit of a fluke, really. I mean, if, if what's to be believed is that two players basically called a meeting and said, we need to play 3-5-2 now. So we did. Um, I think we forget in that Premier League season, he played Nugent... I'm sure Nugent was right wing at one point. Vardy and Mares were on the bench. And apparently Pearson is the man that won us the league. I mean, that's just a complete fallacy. It's just completely not true. Like he obviously laid the foundations to get us in the Premier League, but um it had he <laughs> had he not been sacked in um, quite ridiculous circumstances, we would have finished possibly in the bottom three the following season, or certainly in the bottom half, I would have thought. Um and even last season, people saying, get Pearson back. Yeah, great, get him back. If you want to finish 12th in the championship, like Bristol City will do this season. So, um, yeah, I'm with Rick. Move on completely. Great manager for the time. Um, but, on you know, there's no there's no room for sentiment in football. I hope Saturday is a horrible day for, for him, Kingy, Matty James. Um, I we, we rip them to pieces and they... Um, you know, they're a fantastic player for a Kingy. Um, but I hope yeah, they have a miserable time when they realise how good we are this season. Um, yeah, so we might I get know. shot down for that, Rick, but I'm with you. I'm with you, mate. But uh, but the reason why I say that as well is we, we talked about as a football club, we were too nice last season. Now, OK, it was gobbing off like we've just done there. makes no difference in that. But there is a little bit about that, isn't it? That we, as an attitude, I feel like Maresca has got that single-mindedness and, and sort of arrogance but can back it up we need to be a, a nasty bit of work um mm. and welcoming Pearson back on Saturday and you know making a big song and dance out of it is not the way to go about it if we want a win we, you know get the win then not that he'll care about us then being um, respectful to him and all um you know all nostalgic but um yeah fantastic for us and he did build the foundations it was what he did with some of the stuff some of the 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 things he did unbelievable but you know water under the bridge yeah uh, yeah give him his round of applause before the game and then that's it job done give give him a hell um yeah i like it i I think we should clip that because it'll do numbers (laughs) starting to sound like the second tier pod mate No, no i know i know that's what it's all about hits um, say that as we're doing our second podcast in a week. <laughs> um, I, I think I'm with you actually. I think he was he was a great manager, but he he's got a ceiling, hasn't he? And and the work he did at the club was was unbelievable. Um, and, and we owe him a lot. We owe Kingy a lot. Um, you know, Matty James is back. Dave Rennie's back. But I, th- I think we're, you know, I, I, hopefully it feels like Enzo's building building towards something as well. And um, it's about the future, not really about what's in the past, I think. Agreed. Yeah. 
were you about to say something, Rick? You looked like you had something on the tip of your tongue. I was, I was going to say the thing with Pitt, what Pearson did very well. He and I've read it a lot. He, he he's very invested in sports science, and I think he learned that actually weirdly when he was with Allardyce at Newcastle. I'm sure I've read that somewhere, but you know the brains behind that was Paul Balsam. If you read um, the is it Jonathan Norcroft's book. He, he interviews Paul Balsam and I've followed him ever since. And sadly, he's not with Leicester anymore. But, you know, Pearson was instrumental in bringing him here and he helped build the, you know, never got any injuries, did we? And then under Ronnie Airy, et cetera. Um, so, yeah, I totally respect what Pearson did for us. He, he did lay, he laid everything. The, we, we were shit for so long until he came and then came back again. So, you know, I know I've just gobbed off that it's not because of a lack of respect for the man. It's just, you know, he'll want to beat us so desperately on Saturday. I know he will. So we're going to not let him and we're going to give him a, a dose and, uh, and, yeah, off he goes. I think, I, Rick, God, sorry, yeah, yeah, I mean, I completely respect and I like the man. And I think he's actually, after let the Leicester... Um, the second job he, he had with us, I think he's learned a lot from that. He mm. seemed to have mellowed an awful lot compared to what it was like. I mean, the pressure he was under in the Prem seemed to get to him. Um, and he seems to have mellowed a lot. And I do like him. But I think it's not necessarily him that, that irks me. It's how some of our fans still yeah. think he's the answer going forward. And like Jack just said, let's look forward and not back. And I, I mean, I'm not saying that people saying he's the answer this season, but when managers have been sacked in the last couple of years, people have said, get Pearson back. And it's just absolutely not. It's just not the way to go. And like Jack says, he has completely got a ceiling. And for a team like Bristol City, spot on. He's been there a while. He's he's done a good job. And I'm sure there'll be a fairly dangerous side on Saturday. But I think I think that's the thing that irks me more than anything, um, really. It's not, it's not Pearson himself, because I'm full of respect for him. And I like him and the, the job that he did. And some of the uh, some of the voice notes from press conferences are immortal. So hopefully there's there's one on Saturday and he's got the arse because he's lost. Good. Um, I just thinking on uh, when you were talking about that, I was thinking about Enzo and and actually just about the little things he's done. Like I, there's a few bits like he doesn't tell the. Um, doesn't tell the players, the team, until an hour or whatever, two hours before kickoff. That's why it's not leaking at the moment. And like, just some of his honesty in press conferences, I absolutely love. Like, I think he was asked last night, he was like, oh, you've made five changes, like how the players re- react to that. And he was like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> he didn't say it like that. But he's just very straight and very honest. Like, he, he's got an agenda, but his agenda is winning football games. Like, he doesn't really mm. care about anything like that. And that's... um pretty refreshing given where we've been yeah i read that earlier as well and was very surprised um you know you you would have thought that they'd work on it the, the well i know we did under rogers and perhaps smith they would they would know the team and they'd work on that the day before in training um but you know maybe there is something in it if they're all collectively you know invested into it and there is no first 11 and then everyone else is fighting for it you're all involved then you know you've got to maintain standards because you you could legitimately be picked or not it it, it makes sense to me um and whilst they're all bought into it i think it'll uh it'll reap the rewards but uh yeah he is everything he's doing at the minute is working um you know i'm sure there'll be times when it doesn't it'll be fascinating to see what he does but there's an assuredness there which bearing in mind he's got very little experience bar you know winning the pl2 a few years ago for Man City and a 13-game stint at Palmer that didn't go very well. Uh, I know, obviously, you know, you've got to get off to a good start, which he has done here, but he just seems so... He doesn't seem like he's lacking in any decision-making, which can't be easy um, uh, when, you, when you're thrown into it. Um, however much you might back yourself, he's just making those decisions and it's working. So, you know, fantastic. We, we needed to strike gold and so far... It looks that way, um, and let's hope that it continues. Good stuff. Right, we're at the any other business stage. Do we have any other business? Zero. Okay, nothing from you, Rick. Well, no, other than all the best, George, for the weekend, mate. 
Um, Absolutely. Thank Great you, cause boys. you're running for. You will yep. smash it, mate. We'll be cheering for you loudly. Um, and we will plug it on our socials. Right then. Good pod. Good win against Norwich. Bristol City on Saturday, three o'clock. Good times. Of the city. Fatter woo. Podcast Network.